Now sit back and relax as you listen to the Texas State Sports Podcast. Find us online at TexasStateSports.com. Hello and welcome to what could very well be the last episode of the Texas State Sports Podcast this season. It all depends on what happens Friday afternoon in Troy, Alabama, when Texas State travels to take on Troy University. This will be the final regular season game, and in order for the Bobcats to have any chance at sniffing a bowl, they must beat the Trojans. Many media outlets already have Troy penciled in as one of four bowl teams from the Sunbelt Conference, even though the Trojans have not won six games. So you better believe Texas State is using that as motivation. Now to talk more about Friday's game, I bring in Jeremy Wise, Troy beat writer for the Dothan Eagle, in this week's Insider Interview. Now, this season has been quite the roller coaster, I guess if you want to say, for the Troy Trojans. You know, winning two off the bat against UAB and Savannah State, losing the next three on a tough stretch against Arkansas State, Mississippi State, and now a really tough team in Duke that's surprised a lot of people. Won the next three, including a 32-26 win over Western Kentucky, then lost the next three against uh, both Louisiana schools in the Sun Belt as well as a late non-conference game against Ole Miss. What has your impression of this Troy season been so far where they come into this game 5-6? and six? Well, it's just a, it's just a matter of missed opportunities for, for Troy. Uh, you know, uh, some of the games has been uh, – not that Troy's had a whole lot of penalties in some of these games, but it seems like they come at the most critical times. Uh, they seem to have calmed down a little bit on the penalty front uh, in the last couple of games, but uh, there was definitely a stretch where they were getting flagged a lot and a lot of personal fouls, which was not sitting well with the coaches nor the fan base. Um, and then uh, there was a few games where the turnover margin, especially early in that early stretch, the turnover margin was just terrible. Uh but, yeah, they've managed to have explosive enough offense to keep them in the games and just, just could not get the one play or two plays they needed to uh, overcome the hump. I mean, you look at that early stretch and lose by seven at Arkansas State and lose by seven at Duke, and those are not bad losses at all. Uh, it's just a matter of missed opportunities. A lot of times it was just a matter, matter of they dug themselves too big of a hole. They are really, really a terrible first first quarter team. Once they get in a rhythm, though, they seem to find a way to to become competitive and and make up any differences. Now, one, I get the feeling that, as you've been saying, that this Troy team is very inconsistent, and their record does show that. But one of the biggest things for Troy's consistency, especially for the last four years, has been the play of a quarterback, Corey Robinson. I'm looking on their media notes right now. He is one of um, five players in NCAA history to throw in for more than 3,000 yards in four seasons. And even today, Dennis Franchione went, his, went on record as saying that he would vote for Robinson as the Sun Belt's all-conference quarterback. And he said, that, and I quote, as I look at this and he's, what he's done, and then you think about what quarterback do I not want to face again, I think it's him. Texas State has yet to face Corey Robinson, and, and Franchione is worried about him. What has Corey Robinson done to warrant, you know, this respect from Dennis Franchione having yet to play him. Um, I, it's Corey can make all the throws on the field. Um, that said, Troy really doesn't stretch the whole field a whole lot, but when they do, 
Um, they can be lethal at times. Uh, he's been in the system for four years. Uh, he's a go-to guy there at Thomas. Uh, they have a great working relationship, uh, great playing relationship. Uh, so um, when they need a big throw, they go him. And then Brian Holmes has emerged as a speed threat for that deep ball. Uh, when Troy does throw it, uh, they can be very, very lethal with it. Uh, of course, they are very much uh, the uh, spread uh, offense, and they they make more of the throw, short throws, than they do the deep throws. But uh, that's the thing about Corey is that um, for most uh, most of the time, he's going to make all the throws or has the potential to make all the throws on the field. And I, I believe it was you that put out the stat about how Troy's not afraid to throw the deep ball. I think they hit six plays of 20 yards or more. Um, Per game, now per game. what is it? Yeah, what is it about Troy that do they just like to roll the dice? Is it because of you know the Corey Robinson as well as you know the Eric Thomases and the, you know the Chris Williams is, or is it the fact that just you know they 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 pick their places and they hit those big plays? Uh, I, I think it's more. Uh, I, I think they've thrown for more big plays in the past. Uh, um, I, I think they uh, they pick their spots. They really um, the, uh, in the last few years have re- really tried to establish the run. Uh, when they went three and nine a couple of years ago, they only ran the ball forty percent of the time. Now, uh, as of I think last week, they were up to like almost forty eight percent of the time. So uh, these, to say that Troy's a passing offense, yeah, that's that's accurate because they are twelfth in the nation in throwing. But they also are almost even in and how many runs and plays they call. So they, uh, I think they try to keep teams honest, and then they take their shots when they can. And uh, the one thing, the one unit that Troy really has outstanding athletes at is the wide receiver core. Uh, it's deep. Uh, the, the second line could start at a lot of thumbnail pools, I would think. What, from your talking with Troy, um, what is the reason for concern about Texas State? What does Texas State show Troy's coaches or players that they need to watch out for? Uh, I think they're, uh, you know, the, the stats are a little deceiving, I think, as far as how good Texas State's running game is. Um, I think that's a area of concern. They've, they've had a bad stretch against the run. Um, going into the month of November, uh, Troy was, like, in the uh, top 30 in rush defense. Then now they've given up 193 to Lafayette, and then a 382 to Ole Miss, and now they're 64th in the nation against the run. So they're looking to see if they can rebound against that and try to, uh, you know, reestablish themselves as that run strong run defense that they had earlier. They really, really are concerned about how well uh, how well uh, Texas State can run the ball at times. Now, this will be Troy's fourth non-Saturday game, uh, you know, three Thursday games. This will be a Friday game. How much does that play into Troy's hands, as well as coming off a bye week for this Trojan team? I, I think the bye week is huge for them. Uh, it gave them a chance to, okay, they they knew that um, <laughs> they were going to have to get bowl eligible. They were had to uh, were going to have to do it most of the work before they enter November, because uh, or even October 31st, because the stretch of Louisiana Monroe, Louisiana Lafayette, 
and uh, Ole Miss. Uh, it's a pretty daunting task. So um, get done with Ole Miss, get healed up because that's, you know, you got the normal bumps and bruises everywhere, uh, and especially on the defense in the secondary. Um, get healed up uh, and then have Texas State play a very physical team in, in Western Kentucky. Uh, you know, that's not exactly a good, uh, a, an easy test for uh, the Bobcats that have played Western Kentucky last week. So uh, I think the bye week was huge for Troy. Um, getting the Friday game, you know, that was more more or less, I guess, trying not to go against the Iron Bowl, uh, in my opinion, or, you know, the, my thoughts on that. But, uh, you know, the, the bye week is probably the biggest thing for Troy. And you mentioned that Troy wanted to become bowl eligible there, five and six right now. They need the sixth win to become bowl eligible, something Texas State did back on November 2nd against Idaho. Now, a lot, multiple media outlets has projected the Sun Belt to have four bowl teams. One is obviously the Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Second are, you know, the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. Then you got the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. And for some reason, Troy is also there. So they are already predict, projecting Troy to beat Texas State as well as to find their way into a bowl. Do you think at 6-6, six and six, if Troy can beat Texas State, are they worthy of a bowl? <sighs> worthy of a bowl is, is a subjective term. Um, I, I think – wow, that's a hard question. Because the, some of the resumes that, that are 6-6, six and six, some of these teams that are getting bowl games, just because there's so many bowl games, you could say they really are not worth a, a look at a bowl game. But – because, I mean, as, as to this point, Troy's biggest win is against Western Kentucky on the road, which is a big win. But outside of that, it's South, Alabama, Georgia State, Savannah State, UAB, teams that really don't have that great of a record. Now, uh, Texas State is also in that same boat as well. As their FBS-level opponents don't have that, that, big, that great of a record either. So I guess it's just a matter of you know, where is that bowl go, going to be that needs to take another Sun Belt team? Because, I mean, it's an easy sell. A lot of the projection for Troy is to play in Birmingham. Well, there's a lot of Troy alumni in the Birmingham area. So, I mean, that would be easy to sell some tickets that way. So, uh, But I also saw another projection that was a uh, a bowl game in Dallas. Uh, and that would make sense to take Texas State over Troy in that situation. So... Uh, it's hard to say deserve. It's just this part of the system that that we're we're in now. So, and there are seventy um, bowl eligible teams as of this conversation, and there are probably going to be a few more come this weekend. How many bowl teams do you think, not bowl eligible, but bowl teams? Do you think the Sun Belt has? You've you've seen the Sun Belt grow over the last few years. Do they have more than last year? Are they going to have less than last year? Is it just going to be Lafayette and Arkansas State, Will Western Kentucky sneak in? Who who gets in the postseason? Do you think out of the Sun Belt? Uh, I definitely think three is three is pretty solid uh, number. Um, Western Kentucky, I would think, would be um, a, a good choice because you know they're at seven wins now, um, and Bobby Petrino, well, the name sells. <laughs> and really, you know, what it, well, that's what it comes down to: is who can sell tickets when you you've got a you know 
e- pretty even resume. Uh, losing at Lafayette, of course, being the conference champion. Uh, uh, and, you know, that's an easy sell for New Orleans Bowl. And then, uh, of course, Arkansas State uh, has had a pretty solid season. Um, I think three is a great number. I, I could probably see four getting in. Uh, I think five would be a real big stretch. Uh, I think a lot of it will have to happen. Uh, it comes down to who becomes eligible and who doesn't become eligible in the last week. That definitely makes sense to me um, with how many teams you think now are going to be bowl eligible. Um, now, finally, this game in Vegas opened with Troy as, I believe, a four-point favorite. It has now pushed upwards of six and seven. Do you think it's going to be more of a closer game as Vegas originally thought, or do you think Troy's going to be able to walk away with this one with how potent their passing attack is and how poor the Bobcat secondary is? I, I could see Troy getting away uh, very quickly um, because of what you just said. Um, the Troy, Troy's 12th in the nation in passing. Uh, Taylor State seems to struggle against the, thro- uh, against the pass uh, and doesn't throw. And that's the thing that's been killing Troy is they're 120th in pass defense themselves. And now you got the questions about Tyler Jones and, and whether Tyler Arndt is, you know, capable of, of leading a, the Bobcats to a win. Um, I guess, you know, some stiff competition. So, so, um, I could see it getting away, but then again, Troy, outside the SEC games and the, the game against Savannah State, they haven't been blown out by anybody and they haven't blown out anybody. Uh, you know, ULM's a 12 point defeat. But they scored a late touchdown. That was within five, with uh, under six to go. So, uh, uh, if it's Troy, uh, given what they've done in the last year or two, I always bet that it's going to be within a touchdown. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Texas State Sports Podcast. I would like to thank Jeremy Wise of the Dothan Eagle for speaking with me about Troy. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me at tmayforth at sammarcosrecord.com, find me on Twitter at smdrtyler, or leave a comment on our Facebook fan page, which can be found by searching Texas State Sports. Be sure to follow my coverage all season long, but especially this week, as we try to find out if Texas State can shake its November blues and have more rushing yards than penalty yards. As always, you can find my coverage online at sammarcosrecord.com and on the blog at texasstatesports.com. <laughs>